0: That's one of my wife's geniuses. She hasn't taken the assessment, but even without her taking it, I can tell you it's one of her geniuses. And so one of the things that I've had to realize in the time that we've been married, because I'll be honest, it frustrated me initially. I took it as a personal attack because she didn't just love all of my ideas in the same way that I did. But over time, I began to realize that's how she adds value. And it's something that she is really good at. And to be frank with you, we would have done in our marriage a lot of stupid things if she did not bring her gift of discernment into some of the conversations that we were having.
1: That little clip came from my interview with Brady Ross. He recently started the Motivation for Regular People podcast. He's been doing life coaching for some time, and he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He's a cool guy to talk to, and I look forward to keeping in touch with him on his journey. But this was just our first conversation we dove into appreciating our geniuses and how his wife helps him out with that, with her genius, and so many other good things. So definitely check out more from Brady, and uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with him. Welcome back to Yield Today with Dallin Camlin. I'm here with Brady Ross. He is the an ICF life coach. He's done a lot of running, two-time a triathlon runner, recently started a podcast, has been an author. He's doing a lot of really good stuff, helping out a lot of people. So we had to have him on the show. Thanks for coming on, Brady.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, Brady. So how much before you got into the coaching, how much of it was like self-coaching, like helping yourself be reoriented towards your goals and like, I'm actually pretty good at this. Or what was that? What was that (laughs) like?
0: Yeah, so I I don't feel like I've always had the same level of self-motivation that I do right now. Um, and if anyone reads my book, they already know this story. But, you know, when I was 18 years old, I had just started college. Um, I weighed almost 300 pounds. And I think that in a lot of ways, I didn't want to take responsibility for my actions. It was easier to think that success was predestined and that anyone who was in better shape than me just had better genes and anyone who made better grades was just smarter than I was. And there was never like a clear moment where my perspective changed. But over time, I began to recognize that I could take myself to the next level, not by doing anything massive or anything major, but just by practicing small daily habits and being consistent with them. And as I did that for several months, I began to realize that I had more control of my life than I ever thought before And it was so cool because results started to compound and I realized not quite overnight, but maybe quicker than I expected. I was in an entirely different position than I was before. And when I realized that I had control and when I realized what I was capable of, it just increased that motivation that I felt to continue to take action and continue to push myself to the next level. But it's funny, you ask about the coaching that kind of, I guess, in a way happened accidentally. I lost my job in 2019, moved back to Oklahoma City, which is where I still live. It's where I grew up. And we started going to this new church. We joined this group, made some new friends. And we're standing around after our group one Sunday. And I'm talking with this friend whose primary job is selling real estate, but on the side, he did coaching. And he just says out of the blue, like, hey, I think you should pursue coaching. I think you would like it. I think you'd be good at it. And to be honest with you, I didn't really think much of it at first. It was just, you know, a Sunday. We're standing. We're waiting for our wives to finish talking so we can leave. And I thought he was just being nice. So I kind of brushed it off. But then that week, I get a text from him. And he says, hey, I really think you should consider this. And if you ever want to talk more about it, let me know. And I was like, okay, maybe there is something here. And so we get on the phone later that week, and I vividly remember, like, the first thing that I asked him, I said because I'm thinking of coaching primarily in a business realm. And I said, how can I coach someone on business when I have no business experience myself? Because up until that point, I had spent my entire career in ministry, in church leadership. And he said, it's actually better that way because coaching is not about being an expert. Coaching is about how you facilitate the conversation and listen well and ask questions and so when he explained coaching in that way, not only did it sound more accessible for me, but it sounded like something that could be a really good fit. And I told my wife about it that day, and my wife balances me out so well. I am very much a dreamer, an idea person. I get up and I have 10 ideas before I even have my first cup of coffee in the morning. And she balances me out well because she... Not that she just kills all of my ideas, but she asks good, clarifying questions that I don't always love because I feel like she's attacking my ideas, but really she's helping me think through them and refine them and make them better. Anyways, when I first approached her about coaching, her response was, I think that would be awesome for you. I think that'd be a great fit. And so that to me was all of the validation that I needed to pursue coaching as a career field. And so that was about three years ago. Since then, I've gotten the ICF certification. I've hired a few clients on my own. Recently, I signed a contract to coach with this online leadership platform, which I'm really excited about. So I feel like things are moving in the right direction. I've also become the president of my local ICF chapter. So ICF, Oklahoma, Arkansas, I'm currently serving as president of the board, and it's been so fun to get to make connections with other coaches in our area, hear about what they're doing, see how they're building their practices. But I just love coaching. And the last thing I'll say is I feel like coaching is so unique in the realm of adult learning because we live in a world where we have the internet and we have so many podcasts and we have online courses and books and blogs. There are so many places where you can find information. But to me, coaching is unique because the coach is, again, not the subject matter expert, but the coach is able to facilitate the conversation in a way that helps people learn what they didn't know that they already knew. And so it's just an amazing thing. And I love getting to be a part of it on a regular basis.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I think there's a lot, a lot there to unpack. One thing that really stood out to me was what your wife does for you is giving your ideas something to fight against. Like, okay, well, does it, does it, (laughs) Fit in this prerogatory, or is this kind of like you know what? How valid is this idea? So to have her like mm-hmm. recognize your excitement and everything else, and to be like, yeah, that that's good. I mean that that that's extremely validating. And then what you do, of course, is you further validate it with with the action, right? Because we can all have great ideas all day long, but what's really going to set it apart is how do we do it. You know, I love watching Shark Tank, and mm-hmm. what often sets one entrepreneur apart from another is they're like, "Hey, this idea was great. Your execution was not great." And then there's other people. It's like, "This idea was whack, <laughs> but your execution was so good." And I don't even know what to say about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: beautiful how that can happen.
0: Yeah. And it makes me think about, you know, one of the best books that I've read in the past six months is The Six Types of Working Genius by Patrick Lincioni. And I don't know, Down, if you're familiar with that book at all, but it's... Out of all of the Patrick Lynchioni books that I've read, it's probably my favorite because it is so practical and it helps me understand myself better and it helps me understand the people around me better. So I'll give a shameless plug for that book. And it relates to that interaction with my wife um, in this way. So the, the basic premise behind Working Genius is that there are different steps or different levels to work happening. And all of us have certain geniuses where we're not only good at those things, but they also give us energy. They're things that we love doing. So for me, one of my geniuses is ideation. I love coming up with ideas. I love being creative. Another one of my gifts is galvanizing, which has to do with getting other people excited about my ideas and rallying people to accomplish a certain purpose. But there is a key step that happens between ideation and galvanizing, and it's the step of discernment. What's funny is that that is one of my frustrations. So I can have an idea, I can get really excited about it, which is the galvanizing, but I completely skip discernment to figure out whether or not that's even a good idea, that's one of my wife's geniuses. She hasn't taken the assessment, but even without her taking it, I can tell you it's one of her geniuses. And so one of the things that I've had to realize in the time that we've been married, because I'll be honest, it frustrated me initially. I took it as a personal attack because she didn't just love all of my ideas in the same way that I did. But over time, I began to realize that's how she adds value. And it's something that she is really good at. And to be frank with you, we would have done In our marriage a lot of stupid things if she did not bring her gift of discernment into some of the conversations that we were having.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I, uh, follow a lot of business people on LinkedIn and stuff. And without question, a lot of them give a ton of credit to like their wife with helping them like exactly what you said, like stay stable or believe in them when They were at like rock bottom, so to speak, or when things were not going super well. What are some other ways, I guess, that she's helped you out or
0: that she's helped you to discern opportunity? You know, she is very supportive and I give her additional credit because it. It's very easy to go on for me to go on sort of an emotional roller coaster. I took a coaching course last year on the neuroscience of coaching, and it was so helpful, not just for coaching, but really for life as a whole. And one of the things that the teacher often said was that we all are thinking, feeling, and doing people. Um, but each of us has one of those three qualities that dominates the other. You know, some people are primarily thinking people. They're very analytical. They're very discerning. Some people are primarily doing people. You know, they want to get out there and they want to get their hands dirty and they want to move and they want to act. And then others are feeling people. And I resisted it at first because I didn't want to believe it, but I learned that I'm primarily a feeling person and that manifests itself in good and in bad ways. It manifests itself in good ways because when I am excited about something, when I feel strong motivation to pursue a particular task or goal, there is nothing that can stop me and people will tell me that I am overly resilient and ruthless when I think that something is good or something makes sense. Um, But when I feel down, it can be overwhelming. Even if the facts um, run in contrast to what I feel, it's still hard for me to overcome that feeling of, you know, anxiety or disappointment or whatever it might be so I'm primarily a feeling person. My wife is primarily a thinking person. And I think that we, you know, may have some conflict sometimes because like I'm down and I share that with her and, you know, maybe it brings her down a little bit. And then I just flip a switch and I'm better. And she's like, well, you know, I'm still down here. Like I'm, excuse me, I'm still carrying this burden. Um, But in being primarily a thinking person, like I said before, she's able to help me discern ideas. She's helped me she helps me analyze like both the potential cost and the potential reward of different possibilities. So that's one thing. And then kind of like I said before, she's just very supportive and trusting of me. She's, you know, my biggest fan. And that sounds cliche to say, but I think about something that I read in a book by Carrie Newhoff, who's a leadership, you know, speaker, podcaster. And he says that the people who are the closest to us should love and respect us the most and i'm very thankful that in my life she is one of those people for me.
1: Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Yeah. I, I, that really just uh makes me think cuz that's still in the future for me. I'm still enjoying the the single life, hanging out and trying to figure things out on my own, so but but i really
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that at all.
1: Yeah, i just love the i love like what you said about there's the there's the thinking, feeling and doing and then there's also The ideation, the discerning, and the galvanizing. Like, I feel like we're very similar, honestly, in that way. Like, I'm very much a feeling person. Like, I will get so excited about something. And sometimes my excitement will, like, get somebody to do something. And then I'm like, well, I don't really know what to do now. But, like, (laughs) you know, it's like, well, at least we got here. Like, I'll get really excited. Like, I started writing on Medium and was pretty jazzed about Medium. And so my brother started writing on Medium uh, with me. And today actually marks a month where I started writing on there. But but yeah, that there's a lot you just said there. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you for for sharing all that. Yeah. I was curious, we talked a little bit on Twitter and you said something like, I'm planning on starting my podcast soon. I'm really excited about it. And when I heard that, I was like, you know, will probably be a little bit, keep an eye on him, we'll see. And then all of a sudden, I think I checked something And you had your podcast and you had your first two episodes out. And I'm like, okay. And I listened to it and it was good. And I'm like, all right. So yeah, like how did that happen?
0: Yeah. So again, just further proof of the kind of person that I am. When I have an idea, I galvanize myself and I can push things across the finish line pretty fast and then wonder, well, should I have even done that in the first place? I feel like the podcast is going to be a good thing. And I've, you know, gotten a lot of good feedback from you and others so far. So I think in some ways it already has been a good thing. But yeah, it's a cool story of how it started. It's always a dream that I have had. I've been listening to other people's podcasts for several years now and always wondered to myself, you know, is this something that I could do? Could I have a podcast? What would it be about? And it was back, I think, in November or December of last year. So, you know, three or four months from the time that we're recording. And I'm a part of this masterminds group with a few friends. And so we meet once a week to talk about wins and goals and to share ideas and refine ideas that we're hearing from each other. And so one of the people in that group brought a topic to the group of starting a podcast. And he said... Well, to be fair, he didn't say that he wanted to start a podcast immediately, but he said that it was a long-term goal, a long-term dream that he had. And so I didn't mention it in the meeting, but I texted him later and I said, hey, you know, that's something that I'd love to talk about with you. Like I've thought about doing it. I don't feel at this point motivated enough to do it on my own, but it's something that I would love to do alongside you. And so we started talking about it. And then the next day after we had that initial conversation, I ran into his brother, ironically, at a coffee shop in town where I work sometimes. And he told me about this platform, which is actually where you and I met called Podmatch where podcast hosts can find guests and podcast guests can find podcasts to go on. And so I signed up for that platform and it just blew me away. Like I never realized something like that existed. And so I thought, okay, if I have, you know, a tool like this where I can connect with people to potentially have on my podcast or even, you know, go on other podcasts to spread, you know, awareness about the show, then maybe this could help me launch something like that. And it worked out really well because this friend who I was talking with about starting this podcast, he recently had a baby and decided that he just couldn't add something like this onto his plate right now. And so he said, if you want to start something like this on your own, I think you should. And so I decided to do that. My wife helped me create, which t- it's funny, we talk about, you know, what value does my wife add? She's also more creative in terms of like names and graphics than I am. So what, what people see with the motivation for regular people name and the logo, that was all her. I was a part of the process, but she was the one that drove it. Um, so she helped me put that together. And then... I was able to get the podcast up and running and I'm really excited for it. Um, Again, like I said, I've gotten some good feedback on it already. I've been able to schedule a bunch of guests that I'm really excited to have on. And I guess we can use this to break some news. I had said initially that the podcast would be every other week. I think that I'm going to have enough bandwidth and enough interest from potential guests to put out a new episode every week. So I haven't said that anywhere else yet, but right now that's my intention.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. It's interesting how it grows over time. So like I started with one episode a week and did that for like a year. And then there's this one day where I accidentally, uh, Something happened with the recording, and so I made another quick episode in the middle of the week just to say, "Hey, sorry, this happened, blah 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 is is kind of ridiculous, like looking back like what, why did I do that? But that episode did like pretty well, and it was just me talking by myself, like just about nothing basically. And so then I decided, you know what, I'll do two a week. So I did two a week for the next year. And I think I did a two week for the next year after that. And then lately I've been also uploading some episodes that I recorded from my phone on a cross country trip. So I've been doing three a week over the last nice. couple weeks and I'll probably go back to two a week, but yeah, that that's really neat how that happened. And shout out to your wife as well with, with that. Cause you know, my brother does a lot of graphic design. He's done some stuff for me, but like, you need, you need that. <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't mm. pretend to be that. Like, oh yeah, I'm so good at Oh yeah. At, I mean, you can get away with the minimalism a little bit, but you, that, that is the first impression. So I know we don't have a ton of time left Brady, but I have one other question for you. Like what, what's like something that you're kind of like a little uneasy about or something that you're maybe a little frustrated with 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 the the podcasting mm-hmm. so far. And also just another quick shout out to Podmatch. Like that's how we met. I've been on PodMatch for a long time. Alex Sam Filippo, he's, oh, he's amazing. Awesome. And uh yeah, it's it's really good. I'm actually helping my brother get set up on PodMatch later today because he's like I see the value. Yeah. He does a lot of animation and stuff. He has a podcast and I'm like, dude, Podmatch is the place to be.
0: So No, that's so true. Um so I think my frustration with podcasting so far and this probably applies to a lot of other things besides podcasting, but it's just that question of, you know, how much time-wise, how much financially do you want to invest? I remember um, talking with my neighbor when I decided to start a podcast, and he he has a pretty successful podcast. I don't know. I think he told me they recently reached their one millionth download, which is amazing for him. Check out the Spoken Gospel podcast. Um, so I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What is the minimum amount of equipment that I need? And he was super kind. He said, you need a car so you can drive over to my podcast studio to record your first episode, which again was incredibly gracious of him. It wouldn't be practical over the long term. And so it's got me thinking, you know, do I need, like, I'm never going to, I say never in the short term, I'm not going to have a fully decked out podcast studio with a, you know, several hundred dollar microphone or anything like that. But you also don't want to skimp on your material or on your sound quality so much that, you know, people, it doesn't matter how good your content is if people can't hear what you're saying. And so just trying to work through some of those things, trying to figure out editing, trying to figure out like compiling recordings. And my hope is that it's easier when I start doing guest interviews, because I When you do a guest interview, you're a lot less likely to start and stop and re-record and do all the things that are a little easier to do with a single episode. But just trying to work out some of those things and learn best practices in terms of editing, in terms of adding music at the beginning and the end and some of those different podcasting things. But as I vocalize all these things, I realize that when you do something new, you're always going to fail at some things. And that's how you learn. Um... We have a membership at our science museum in town. I've got two kids, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And there's a there's this really cool space in the middle where you can ride a Segway through this track that they have. And so as you wait in line, they have this sign up and it's a quote from the original maker of Segway. I'm blanking on his name, but the quote essentially says, if you try something new, you're going to or if you try new things you're going to fail at some of them and that's okay. And so I have to remind myself of that not just in podcasting but in life, you know. If you're afraid of failure then don't ever try new things because part of trying new things and learning is failing, but that's how you learn, that's how you get better and that's how you avoid making those same mistakes in the future.
1: That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that is it. It's like what am I going to do with micro content? Am I going to be on Reels? Am I can I have somebody else edit this? Why is this so taking so long? I had an interview pretty recently that the audio quality from my guests wasn't that great. I, I guess a part of this because they're not a podcaster. I spent like four hours working on that dumb thing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> shoot me, just like end this. Oh, But once it was out, it was done. And so I remind myself all the time. It's like, once it's out, it's done. And I've had episodes that sit dormant. And then like, you know, like January is my one of my biggest months, like biggest month of the podcast ever. It's like, there was a lot of people that were going through it, you know, and like re-listening to old episodes. And so now all of that is like, it's all gold in the same pile kind of thing. And so it's all, it's all loved. It's all there. I mean, obviously there's some that are l- more impactful and stuff than others, but yeah, that that's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. I love that. I recorded a podcast yesterday that got posted pretty quickly. And while I was on the podcast, my wife came into um, our bedroom, which is where I have my desk And it distracted me for a second to the point where I stumbled over one of my words or one of my sentences. And when I was listening back to the podcast, I was anticipating that I would hear that and it never came up. I have no idea from listening to the recording when she came in. And so I think that's a good reminder, you know, again, not just in podcasting, but in life. We're often harder on ourselves um, than we would be on other people. And some of the mistakes and some of the slip ups that we feel like are very obvious and visible, others are going to have no idea that that ever happened.
1: Dude, you're speaking facts right now. Like that's happened a bunch of times (laughs) where I'm like, shoot, that was like, that was really rough. And then I listened to it like a year later or six months later. I'm like, why is this? This is actually really, really, really good. Like, wow, did I really say that? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it is the beauty of podcasting is you're able to capture these feelings you have in the moment. Like what I'm thinking about next time I interview you will be completely different. I'll be in a different place, have a different state of mind and everything else. So anyway, where can we find you and and everything else, Brady?
0: Yeah. So I've got my website, which is bradyross.com, B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. On my website, you'll read about my book that I just published last month. You'll find out about the podcast. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. I do you know, some thoughts on habits and goals and motivation every Tuesday, really working on that to make that even better for my subscribers. And I'm also on social media. I don't use those accounts as often. So I would say best way to get in touch is to go through my website, sign up for the newsletter, and you'll learn all about some of the things that I'm working on there.
1: Good stuff, man. Well, it was awesome having you on. And uh, yeah, we'll have you on again soon. But just you spoke a lot of facts today. and I want you to know that it was appreciated. Mm -hmm. Just made me feel a lot better about some things. And it gave me a lot to think about. So I'll I'll check out the book. I haven't done that. So next time I interview you, I'll definitely have read the book. We can talk more about that. But I'll let you go.
0: Hey, sounds great. I would love that. Thanks for having me, Dallin. Yeah, take care, man.
1: That was my interview with Brady. He just has a nice, chill, calm, gentle vibe, doesn't he? I just really enjoyed talking with him, and I feel like we really line up in a lot of ways, so I'll look forward to talking with him again in the future, and check out the stuff in the show notes linked to the Spoken Gospel podcast and those other things that you mentioned. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll see you on Monday with another thingamabob. It'll be good. It'll be good. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget to yield to the good, and it'll be a better tomorrow.